welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Hello, welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or transition to a new career, you've come to the right place. If you like this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Today, I have the very, uh, a very strong privilege of being joined by the independent artist, Amy Gordon. Amy, hello, welcome to the show. How are you? I am lovely and hope you are. I, I am. Uh, all things considered, uh, things are going well. So for my audience who is not as familiar with you and your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do? I am a, um abstract artist. And um, abstract art is really what you would call non-representational, meaning you will you do not see forms. And you know, if you look at what forms are, they're visual shapes or um, configurations or some type of theme which a thing appears, and that is kind of subjective to the individual. Um, and I am trying to convey through my work that abstracts are, are kind of like therapy, and they they move us out of forms and into what could be. Um, and what could be meaning what you are and what you see, what how you interpret the world. Um, so it almost kind of just gives you some freedom. Mm-hmm. You emancipate yourself from mental slavery. <laughs> I like it. And 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 for the uh, the listeners, the, there's a thunderstorm <laughs> happening behind in the background at Amy, but I again, I as we mentioned, I love that it's like it's punctuating um, some of your words, which is absolutely fantastic right now. Um, so let's before I because I, I want to hear more about your work. But beforehand, I want to back up just a little bit uh, and talk about your early days. Sure. So what originally made you want to study textile design in school? Um, I am from North Carolina, which is a textile um, manufacturing state. And really, you know, when you grow, you're growing up, you kind of don't know exactly what you want to be, but you kind of feel into who you are. And I was very involved in creating and paints and fabrics and just kind of designing. So I was always making things and I went to North Carolina State and majored in textile and design, which then matriculated me to New York City, working with um, menswear companies to where I would color forecast like two years in advance the threads that would be used in a men's suit, which are very minute. (laughs) The difference is, okay, your suit's going to be gray, charcoal gray, blue, gray, blue. (laughs) So um, that kind of moved me into the design world. And I was 
kind of in charge of doing all the presentations and kind of just putting thematics together in terms of kind of where culturally and we were going, you know, as a collective. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that just moved me because that was very restrictive. You know, I'm just completely rebellious and normal is a curse word. So I would just, just unleash and just, you know, paint and mm -hmm. use my art as an expression of communication. Um, I was in New York City and I felt very restricted. I, you know, I, I left like literally rural North Carolina and I would just walk around and look at the skyscrapers like they were pieces of, if they were trees, you know, you'd be in a forest and I was thinking I can't really escape. So that was kind of my escape. And then that propelled me into just, you know, you get to a point in your life where I'm like, I'm going to not, I'm not working for anybody except myself. And if I'm going to, you know, propagate something, I'm going to propagate Amy and what how I can free like really it's like how can I free us how mm -hmm. can I move from you know what's right or wrong and because there's no right way it's only the light way and how can I elevate us as a society kind of in my small in my small way <laughs> <laughs> I love it what's interesting is so you know so many people hold the idea of working in the fashion industry to a very high regard. And, mm. and your description of it is very, I don't say mundane, but you know, you were in charge of, of picking out colors and that's not, when I think of like, you know, Dever Wells Prada or other, the idea of the fashion industry, that is not the reality that, you know, that I think of. So what was, I, and while you were there, I guess even before that, when you first took the job in menswear, did you think it was going to be something more grandiose and working in fashion? And if not, um, you know, how did that relationship with, the, let's say, the fashion and textile world evolve while you were there? It's kind of funny. You're you're right because when people would say, you know, in cocktail parties, you know, what do you do? Well, I do menswear and people would kind of go, oh, fancy. And I would say, yeah, it's really materialistic, but I'm bummed, you know, like I'm making material. And um, I just really felt like it was really fake. And I felt like, you know what, at the end of the day, you know, we, we're not going to be wearing suit, you know, what, what do we need to be dressing up and wrapping, you know, this harness around our neck? especially in menswear with like the, mm -hmm. I did worsted menswear. I just, um, I didn't like it. Um, and it just was really, <laughs> you know, it's just, I'm too much of a, I just am too rebellious to do mm -hmm. that. So um, yeah, it just led me into paint. And then when that's kind of like, that's just was, um, I emancipate myself through, through paint is kind of like I say I like release it through paint I emancipate it to a canvas and then I manifest it into something tangible that mm -hmm. that you can use as your own it's not mine you know what I mean it's kind of like mm -hmm. the idea of like I'm gonna wear Gucci my daughter will you know will say that I'd like them saying you're not wearing Gucci you don't even know him like, <laughs> no, wear yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. And it, it's just a whole, it's kind of a 
a movement. I, I feel like it's um, it's just, you know, you're taking something that's that you can see and then kind of manipulating it into a, some form of therapy. Mm-hmm. I look at it like art therapy as a concept. It's really like if you move this into your home and you you become in a relationship with it. it I kind of look at it like relationship art. You know, you you move with it. It changes with the light and it and shades of the night and it moves with your mood and you grow with it and you're you're connected with it and you you're gonna see something different in it every day mm-hmm. so so with let's say the transition from what you were doing before to to your art i want to ask you about that moment which you've you've alluded to a little bit but the moment where you decided i'm done with new york i'm done with fashion this is now my art is now what is going to move me forward what was that like and what were you feeling that that um, allowed you to then do that? And after you thought all that, where did you end up going with with your art? Mm, yeah, I guess what you're saying too is because doing um, this type of work, I mean, it is it's very very vulnerable mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know we have this idea of the struggling artist and that it's going to be very difficult for you to make a living out of this type thing. Right. Right. Um, I decided to, I don't know. It was almost like, like the thunder or something hit me. And I said, I am going to just put everything I have into this and I, I will not fail. You know what I mean? And then Mm -hmm. what, what degree of success, what's the bar anyway? You know, if I, if I'm just putting it out there and doing it for myself, then, you know, enough will be enough. Um, so I kind of just went forward with it like that. And then I love that you, you've got this podcast because I mean, it, it is very, it's scary and it's so many different ways to go. Do I need to have this degree and do I need to hire this, this, type of person in terms of marketing. I mean, and I just say from, I've been doing this professionally for probably 10, maybe, no, you know what? Interesting, eight years exactly this year. I decided just to market myself and I started doing it a little bit differently. I started kind of putting it out there. Um, I would make cards and I would take them to, to little local boutiques, I would pack up my truck and um, drive to designers that I knew in town or some stores that were just opening and I would walk in and I'm not kidding. It's kind of like the gods were with me. I would walk in and, you know, cold call. Hi, I'm Amy. I, I'm an artist. Um, are you interested in like showcasing my work? And I would bring a couple pieces in and literally it was like that they had commissioned me to paint for this vignette and everything sold out there. And then it just kind of spiraled to where, I mean, and I didn't really, I I wasn't involved with galleries because I didn't want, you know, I've kind of already alluded to the fact that I'm a rebel and I didn't really want anyone dictating what the price was going to be. And, 
um, how it was going to be shown and that they would have to go through them. It's almost, you know, I'm cutting out the middleman. It's just, I wanted to be, it to be very intimate with who purchased my art because it was almost like, you know, I'm a surrogate mother and I'm giving you this, this child and I wanted to make sure it has a good home tech thing. So then it became where word of mouth, like, oh, well, I need this. I would like something. And, and people always really, you know, we were talking a bit before we started taping how um, there is a, a piece of the art community that's very, very, you know, it's high end, it's, it's very educated. And there is another portion that, that wants art and wants something beautiful and something meaningful that doesn't really, their eye is not trained or they don't know what they want. And so kind of my slogan to them was like, I'll paint you what you never thought you always wanted. Mm -hmm. So I will kind of go into, I call it almost like an energetic interview and I'll go into their space and I'll feel it out and I'll say, okay, well, I think this, I, I know, I know what you need. I know what size. And then I, it's never happened, knock on wood yet, but that I'll, I'll just show up back with it. And it's unbelievable. I mean, I had one time where this lady, I, I put it up and we just, you know, propped it on the back of her sofa. And she said, Oh my gosh, Amy, like I see this. And I said, oh my gosh, well, why don't you just wait and have a glass of wine till your husband comes back and because, you know, he needs to relate to it too. And I said, wait a minute, does horses mean anything to you? And she said, oh my gosh, I call my, you know, yes, I love horses. And I said, this is kind of like a medieval like horse with like armor on it. And she said, oh my gosh, I call him my knight in shining armor. And I said, oh my Lord, I had to sit down. I mean, it's just in it, it changes, you know, like I'll have a piece somewhere and someone says, I see this, I see that, um, which I love. And I don't put that in there. It, it's not intentional. It's just, it's energy is really what it is. So it's kind of a different um, approach, but it's just really worked well for me. And it's, because it's really personal. I haven't really done online as much. I just think it's, um, it's a little less personal, but mm -hmm. addressing COVID, um, the world is going that way. So I am trying to, to do a little bit of that. I just feel like it kind of takes away from, you know, it's hard to look at art online, but people do it and, yeah. and people sell really well that way. So I need to matriculate into that sector. But right now it's just really, really grassroots. It's, it's in my garage. It's the studio garage and it's nice because I can just make some pancakes for the kids and then go out there and then make more pancakes and then <laughs> make a couple of sandwiches. Yeah. I love it. I, so you've, you've, brought up a couple of things and I think this is very interesting about your your process and and how you work with your clients but I'm curious do you in general are these commissions that are that you work primarily in or or do you you know meet the client afterward or, or how does that process work that allows you to kind of tap into you know whatever the the emotional part of what the client is thinking and feeling. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I would not say, Yuri, that 
the majority is commissioned. And I think to elaborate on what happens is I will get a designer say to call that their client needs something. And mm -hmm. I'll say, I'll meet you over there with the client. And then I will, what I do is I will take what I have that I just feel will work work for this space before I even really see it. Um, mm -hmm. Or I'll say, just send me a shot. Is this, is this for this room? This room, is it for um, above a mantle? Is it over a sofa? And I'll bring what I think architecturally um, or kind of, you know, geometrically in terms of size would work and 90% mm -hmm. once you get something in someone's home that the physical piece instead of just saying, oh, I'd like this or that, it gives them such a gauge, you know, well, wow, I didn't really think I would like that avocado or that splash of um, magnolia, you know, um, peach in here. Mm. And they can gauge and say, I don't want that, I do want that. And then they, they usually actually just buy that piece, which is great because I know for for artists, it's very difficult to do the commissions. It's kind of like channeling what this person wants instead mm -hmm. of what you're trying to manifest and what's coming through for you. But um, it's really worked well for me. But that saying that, you know, you've got to have cultivate some type of local, um, you know, like a local following and a local um, hub where you're kind of in on that, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, it's difficult for, you know, the mass to do it that way, but that's just how I do it. And that's, that's really worked for yeah. me thus far. Okay. So I, I love your process and that you actually take your art to people's homes and, and in effect, you know, you're showing them in real time what your artwork looks like on their wall. So they don't have to even imagine it. They just see it. Once they see it, they they like it and they see something more of it. I think that's absolutely yeah. brilliant. How did you first get connected to the interior designers who are who are inviting you into their 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 clients' homes so that you can showcase your artwork on their walls? Mm, that's a really good question. You're good. You're a good <laughs> interviewer. Like yeah, um, because it's 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 taking and trying to understand it for to, to help uplift and, and connect mm -hmm. um, the other artists. I think, well, I think what helped me is, is this, I am coming to, you know, I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm coming from New York city. You know, I've lived in London. I've lived in San Francisco. I've been all over and I, I'm from here. So when I came back, it was kind of like almost had a little bit of like an edge in terms of like a resume. So people hmm. that knew me, knew of me, I guess, so to speak in a way, so that they, they kind of felt, it's almost like your vibe, you know, well, mm -hmm. like that person kind of knows what they're talking about that. Um, and then really, here's another thing that I did too. That's very strategic and not, and, and just really avant-garde. Okay. So I am, <laughs> I am from literally like rural North Carolina. My family has been in that spot for 200 years and we, we raised tobacco and then that turned into soybean, but whatever. So I moved from New York 
and then Connecticut with my pig, my chickens, and my duck, and all these, and lived kind of like in my grandmother's house, like on this on the horse farm. Well, you realize in those rural areas that people are not um, attuned, nor do they care about your art or, or art in general. Like they are going to and be very satisfied with buying it at Marshalls or Home Goods, right? So. Mm-hmm that didn't really work. So what I did strategically was I moved into the hub of, of the city and then used that as my studio, you know, instead of like buying real estate, I decided to make that my studio slash home. So then I actually moved into the hub of where the people that had the disposable income mm-hmm. and all the designers worked. Mm-hmm. So I kind of made myself absolutely so um easily available geographically because they'll say well i'm at so and so on sunset and i can just go bring a piece over i mean that not everybody can do that but that is something that definitely helped me um be able to kind of let them let me into their space and it also it's almost kind of like i'm serving as their interior decorator too for people that didn't that don't hire them they've kind of heard that (laughs) word on the street is that I again artists don't know how to charge for their time which is something I definitely need to work on because time is money and we Mm -hmm. you know we are worthy and all of that but we do have a problem valuing money like that because money is energy but um that you know well yeah what i'll do is i'll just have amy come over and she'll she'll bring something that that will make it look pretty so um does that answer that i don't know how else it's just really Mm -hmm. just trying to and then all the local stores like the high-end eyeglass shop that i saw had showcased art i would go in there and i would say hey you know my name is amy uh i love your I love what you're doing in the store. Like, let's have, let's couple up and have a, um, have a cocktail party and then you can feature your glasses and I'll show this series that I have that's about seeing and like vision and, and that. And then Mm -hmm. I actually went to one of the, a winery here and spoke with them and they ended up, um, putting my art on, some of their boutique wines and then we had a a big showing and I sold art there that um some pieces that I reprinted that were on the wine bottles and then I called the show rewind and then I called one cork Mm -hmm. and canvas and just it's really to to anyone listening I would just say y'all got it you're you can think out of the box because that's who we are we're artists it's just like do not there are no roles. There's, it's just putting like really just taking off the filters. Like I can't do that. Yes, you can. Like you can do any of it. Like Mm -hmm. there's be your own guru, you know, normal is a curse word. Like our transformation isn't about mass appeal or what it's, it's what it's going to look like or how someone's going to react when you walk into, into or approach them. It's, it's, and it's also another thing I'm finding too, is that coupling up with, um, 
Yuri, what's the word? It's like when you, you, you collaborations, that's what I mean, collaborations. Oh, let me give you this other example and you might need to speak. (laughs) Why don't you do that? And I'll give you this other example. I'm going to stop talking. No, 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 no. I, again, this is uh, part of what I love about this podcast is that I don't have to do a lot of talking. I get to (laughs) ask a lot of questions and get the other people, other person to, to speak. So one thing I'm picking up on on your story is your, and I don't know if this is natural or not, but your ability to to connect with whomever it is you're speaking with, whether that's somebody who owns an eyeglass shop or a wine shop or other shops, um, and to connect your art with what they're doing versus the other way around of of kind of like forcing your art on them. You you kind of work in the opposite way, which is not a technique I've I've heard a lot coming from artists but that ability to connect with people is that is that something that comes natural to you do you are you naturally an outgoing person or do you have to work on being able to you know ask and walk into these shops sight unseen and just uh, ask the shop owners of what they're working on and introduce yourself wow that just gave me chills um because I think that the answer is, um, I guess, Myers-Briggs. I'm an introverted extrovert. I am, I, I typically don't really like people. I don't like doing that. I, I'm the definition of, of whether or not you're extroverted or introverted is really based on how you gather energy. And I gather my energy by being alone. And and painting or or being in my zone. But that being said, I guess there's just something about me that I do. Yes. To answer the first part of the question, it's a thousand percent natural. It, um, when I am out and when I am speaking, it's almost like it's second nature. It's like, I see you and I see me. It's, it's like, we're, I don't, there is no line between the other person and myself. It feels very, very, very natural. So I don't know if that's something that's more intuitive that, and it, it, it really, I'll be so honest with you. It is not conniving and it is not premeditated. It's not to try to get an end result or to make money. It just, it just comes out like, this, this is a good example. I went into West Elm, okay? Every, we know who West Elm is. They are part owner with Pottery Barn and um, William Sonoma. It's like a mod store, but they opened one in Greensboro. And I went in there and I, I mean, they're a corporation. So that's not, you know, if you look at what I've kind of said, I'll partner up or, you know, I'll go to the local eyeglass place or I'll befriend one of the designers and we'll just find ways to collaborate but this is a corporation so it wouldn't be like I could um, talk to the manager and just get my art in there but mm-hmm. I'm not kidding this is what happened so I, I, I go in there and I asked to speak to the manager and I said listen I'm a local artist and I really feel like my art would be complementary with with the with your decor and whatnot. I mean, Mm -hmm. their answer is, you know, we're a corporation. We don't do that. You know, they have like maybe a couple of art pieces and then they, they sell thousands of those. But somehow I, it came to me literally sitting there. I wanted to call it the shape of us about 
how women um we transform you know we're we're daughters and then we're mothers and then we are caretakers and our bodies change and we're we're full-time um business owners and she said you're kidding amy like corporate just called and said they needed us to do some type of local fundraiser for women and so we literally put together this thing and it sounded great and then she said well i go well how are we gonna pay for like because i said oh let's get um this woman that's like a folk singer let's get her and then we'll just get some wine and stuff and she said okay well i go well how are you gonna help me pay for that she goes oh no we don't we don't have money to pay for that like <laughs> so, okay so listen to what i did i called i contacted every designer i knew and every like every art shop frame shop i dealt with designer printer and i said listen you bring a bottle of wine you bring some potato chips you bring some dip and you bring some cups and i had 30 people i got i printed up an invitation we all we're on it as um, promoting this. And we had a whole store with, you know, public coming in and we had refreshments and then the art and music and we spent nothing. It was almost, again, it was like, what do you call it when you ask people like a, not a BYOB, but yeah, basically it's like, yeah. I said, I'm going to look at this. Like I'm inviting people to my house and they will bring yeah. something. Potluck style. Yeah, so I promoted them and then they promoted me. So I mm -hmm. guess in summary, you know, you just, you kind of look at everything like, yes, you're building your business, but so is everyone else. And how can we all help each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love the hustle and drive. I'm, I'm curious then about your relationship to fear. Because just based on our conversation, you sound like somebody who's who's fearless, someone who, you know, moved to New York from North Carolina and then worked in fashion and then was like, you know what, I'm tired of this. I want to have an art career. And then so you moved to another part of North Carolina and then had a, an art career. And now you're, you know, creating relationships with West Elm and other places. Um, so how do you think about fear and those times where you do feel fearful because you might be rejected or something won't work out. How do you get past that? So you're able to do what you seem to be doing best, which is build up these relationships and showcase your art. Hmm. I would say that fear is a friend that's misunderstood and that no, I am not scared of anything. Hmm. I really accept, um, COVID. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not scared of that either. Um, my daughter's already had it. So, um, and I didn't get it, nor did my son. Um, I don't fear in terms of, I, I think I look at it like it's really not your interpretation of me. So I don't take it personally. Like it's not, it's not that you don't, that you're judging me because I just feel like judgment is such a low vibration. And I think that we all are very scared of judgment and believe me, I am too. And I, I sit in, in the, in the bed and twirl around. I'm like, how did that really go? And like, how did I come across today? And you know, this person, did they think I was this or this person doesn't think my arts 
I'm too, I'm not charging enough. And then this person thinks I'm charging too much. And what is really the truth? And is it the truth of what I think about myself or what they think about me? You know, it's like, yeah, we play that whole game, but I, I just don't care. I, I don't because I think Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger was dubbed as having rhino skin, I think by Tom Petty. Tom Petty said that Mick Jagger's got rhino skin, you know, because like in order to be an artist, like you have to have thick skin because you're putting yourself out there for mass judgment, you know, and um, it's true. But it's like at the end of the day, like in this lifetime that's so fast and what what are we risking by not being authentic, right? And it's like that, I don't know. I just feel like that's that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be the, the realest and rawest that Amy that I can be. And I think, um, I think I'm kind of really raw. <laughs> I think I'm probably pulling that part off. Somebody asked me if... I could do a, um, at the gallery, like come and paint and, you know, or paint for some party while people, I said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I will not paint in front of people it is very private with me. It's not like I have a, um, my art and I aren't, you know, social friends, like we're having a cocktail. It's like I make out with them and, I don't paint on an easel. I paint on, I get on top of my paintings and it's, it's very intimate. <laughs> so it's like, it's like so private. It's like you watching me kind of go to the bathroom. Like, no, it's not okay. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, it, I'm raw enough. And I mm-hmm. think that we have, um, you know, a, a spirit inside us that, you know, we have to do form a thicker skin to preserve the sacred spirit within um, enough. I guess that's what the um, the healing community calls a boundary, which I don't have, but mm-hmm. that will protect us enough from ourselves that will allow us to just put it out there. Yeah. So this, your, your thicker skin, is that something you've developed over time or is that something that has just naturally developed yes it has absolutely developed it was not at all natural like if you look at my skin it's it's very thin literally Mm -hmm. figuratively (laughs) and I think it's almost like an evolution to where you know the turtle formed a shell and you know it is a form of of protection um from the elements Mm -hmm. but um I don't know. I'm just not as concerned. Yeah, of course, we all want validation. And, and, you know, going back to people that are listening, I mean, I don't, it appears like what's the version of success? Because I, I have a lot of people that like my art. I have a lot of people that buy that. Now, am I making a what's called a profit <laughs> you know that's what we need is the profit part and that's where that's where I am right now I've, I've either got to charge more because I've gotten the base and I have to start I guess charging more to make money because I um I just really wanted people to have it um 
that's where I am now. And so it is, it has been an evolution to where that's the part, Yuri, that that is, that's very, very, very vulnerable for me. Like it's not vulnerable for me to, to create collaborations, but it is vulnerable for me to stand in front of someone and say, this is my price, you know, and that's really hard to, to put a, a price on energy and, and have someone because this is, is kind of intangible and it's not like I went to your house and I fixed your plumbing and I worked an hour and you're going to pay me. I, we all know who's listening. Like we could work for 72 hours and nobody want to buy it and mm -hmm. nobody find value in it. And that's, I think the vulnerable part that you're speaking of that. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's tricky. So it's interesting that you, that that is the touch, like the touchy point. Like I, <laughs> I know, right? Not of like based off of our conversation, I, I wouldn't have guessed that price is that like that non thick skinned part of it. So right now though, when, you know, let's say you were at my condo with a piece of art, how do you, when I say, I love it, how much is it? What, how do you price your art? Mm. Well, do you want the old Amy or the new Amy? The new and improved. <laughs> well, I would love to hear what the. <laughs> do you want the historical or do you want now? Um, okay, whichever well, you're feel comfortable with. But I, w I do want to know, like, like nowadays though, how are you really thinking about pricing it? Because that is a very important, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's <laughs> that's a lot of uh, the conversations I have with artists are around. Yeah, it's uh, imperative. It's yeah. imperative. It's the necessary ingredient. Well, it's just interesting because I just had a conversation for the first time. Okay, so you know, from the beginning of the interview, I've been doing this professionally for eight years. And do you know what? Today was the first day that I sent out a price list to a art curator in New York because she wanted to put my things online. So that made me have to um, alchemize and equalize the prices that I do with Charleston locally. And so I just put it out there today. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's getting digested. So that was awful. But if I went to your apartment and you said, Amy, I love it. How much is it? Historically, I would base it on our connection. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, how much, how much do you think it's worth? That's what I would say. And then you would go, uh, you need to tell me how much it is. And I would say, okay. And then at that point, I would literally formulate a price that I felt you, you wouldn't even say anything. I would just felt a price like in my head, like, okay, this was the canvas. This is the time. This was easy for me. This was not easy for me. Um, I will always be in touch with this person. We will always have a friendship um, that I would price it at that point. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. That's not what I would do now because I would say before I go over and last week I didn't even do that. I had a lady and a, uh, her husband wanting a like seven foot piece for their entryway. And I had to, you know, play twister with this man to stretch it, painted it, brought it over in my papa's pickup truck and not 
ever discussed how much they were they were willing to pay well I guess that didn't matter at that point but how much the piece was and um I won't do that again this is part of the new and improved Amy and this is where we're going and this is part of what I think COVID is teaching us too that um we really need to this is our evolve and this is our evolution where we start really knowing what we want what we need and then how we get that so um yeah it's and i'm gonna i'm gonna have to pull on that um iron man rhino skin Mm -hmm. speak and just put say this is what the price is and i think locally it's going to be really different because i'm going to have to up the prices, but I think that I've saturated the market. <laughs> I've got to go somewhere else in terms of like, I've got to grow, you know, I've got to grow. I've fertilized enough here. So, um, yeah, so that price is, is difficult. And there's a, there's a, um, there's a bar. It's kind of like for abstracts, um, under a thousand dollars is like the mass market that's what people want for a four by five piece yeah if it's you know eight i think really like 600 is digestible for the majority of the population you know middle middle income population they the husbands won't get mad the wife likes it the kids say it's nice they get compliments on it they're happy with it any Mm -hmm. you know and then above that that's going upscale and then gallery prices you know i don't know if i should speak about prices on this but i mean i I will um because i want to be transparent i'm in a gallery in charleston and they are selling what i would sell you know because i just wanted people to have it Mm -hmm. because they are friends with my daughter you know are friends and they're nice people. Um, they're selling for three thousand now. Again, they're pricing it at three thousand. It's not moving like it is. So there's like a um, a really soft spot between, you know, being at a gallery and having that exposure to that upper end clientele versus like if you love painting and it's. I mean, I do it every day i mean i'm painting every day i would go pick up the kids and i'm the steering wheel is covered with paint and there's paint <laughs> everywhere and there's paint oh amy you got paint in your face oh really i'm mm-hmm. not surprised um to where that you can do that but see now i don't really think i can do that once i literally just standardize those prices i can't really go back and i guess again we're moving forward when energetically we're in a um it's really you know, it's called a portal, like it's open now, like whatever it's manifestation, like whatever you want, now is the time to step it, put it forward, in other words. So I'm going for, I think we should probably schedule a podcast next year and ask me how this went. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will, because I do want to hear the follow-up. But so you just something very interesting, which is, you know, how you value your art, let's say price-wise, and then how a prof- a professional gallery values your art. And it sounds like there is a huge like dis- distance between that two. And and yes, I 
I understand that a lot of galleries do inflate prices on purpose for multiple reasons. And I don't know how many of your art pieces have sold, let's say, at the $3,000 level, but I'm guessing you are probably could sell art pieces, if not $3,000, for a little bit less than that to a, a particular clientele in the area. So my, my question with this is, you kind of named a couple of different types of individuals who you think would be interested in your art. The new Amy moving forward, what type of individual are you hoping to sell your art to? It is more of a mass market or are you trying to move to a, a, a higher level, sophisticated buyer who can afford to spend more money? Um, yes, the second, because I think what, you know, I was giving you kind of like a broad scope. I mean, the majority of my pieces, like I said, so let's just say that the gallery is selling at 3000, mm -hmm. I would sell them for 1200 to 1500. That's usually what I sound for. Like the 600 was mm -hmm. just, you know, I just was okay. being very gracious um, and feeling a lot of love at that mm -hmm. intersection when they asked me how much it is. Oh, I'll just take it. <laughs> but um, I did do Art Basel um, and a, a smaller venue there. It's called Aqua. And I sold everything that I brought there mm -hmm. and for the 3000 price range. And, and what happens, Yuri is like, see, it gets complicated and I'm not a, a mathematician at all or an accountant, but what happens is there's this middle market where I, I'm going to say I need 1500 and any person, if you, if I sell it to a designer, they are going to resell it for 3000. If right. I sell it to a store, they're going to resell it for 3000. Yep. So it's kind of that. So I guess going forward, um, it's still almost going to kind of, it, it still is really trying to tap into that upper market because I do, you know, I love my pieces. I, I, I'm in love with them. I mm -hmm. think they're amazing and I'm not at all saying I'm the best abstract painter, but I'm for sure as hell not the worst. And I love them. I think they're freaking cool. And there, there's so many layers to them. So what someone values, and I think that's what we need to get across though, is like, it's in the eye of the beholder and it's in, it's in, you know, it's, it's back to economics, right? To like supply and demand or, or what it's, how much you place value on. Like, is that pair of, um, I don't know, a pair of jeans. I mean, I, I can give you a good example about a car. Okay, mm -hmm. like a Mercedes. I was talking to the guy at the Mercedes shop. I said, okay, I just want to ask a question. Like, is Mercedes better than Honda? And he goes, well, I can't really answer that because they're different. I go, okay, but they're both cars. I go, what about a golf club? It's like, is this the, it would be like the best golf club. Um, and the thing is, you can't even really answer that. He goes, because it's like what you want and then you do value luxury or you do value this. So mm -hmm. it's, I don't look at, I just want us to all collectively not view the, the beauty and the, technique and the um, authenticity and the value of art based on the price of it. You know what I mean? Because I think that 
if someone look say say you had a disposable income to to buy art for over your sofa for three thousand dollars and that was your cap and you saw something that you really liked without looking at price and it was 600 something in your brain says that it's not worth that and that i don't like that i don't put prices on my website i i just I never have, and I've been encouraged to do that, but I want you to like it because you like it. I want you to like me because of what you see on the inside, not because I'm cute or because I look like this. You know what I mean? Or I'm from that, or I have that. I want us to look and start being really honest with ourselves and understanding like what we like and why we like it. And then that's what we do. You know what I mean? Instead of Mm -hmm. like, that's, I know you know what I mean. That's what I'm trying to. I do. It's so it's it's interesting to hear your again your thinking around on price, um, especially since you've been sold and you know and and exhibited at at a lot of very very higher end places. So what's what's interesting about let's say art in general, um, and I actually you you know you <laughs> you beat me to the the analogy punch about comparing like a Mercedes to a Honda in the fact that that they're right like they're both are cars both will get you from one place to another so the price comes from the luxury side of it and also the brand name of it but in yeah. the same way like you're like you know you're the same yes you're putting paint on a canvas but you know it took you years to develop the skill and the touch and the, you know, the expertise to do it in a certain way that elicits an emotional response out of somebody. And so, you know, if somebody values that reaction to your art in a way that means that they will pay a lot more money for it, then why not? Like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, again, and you've, you've kind of already said this, that you, you don't really, you know, you're, you've got a thick skin and, and you don't kind of compare yourself like the value of your art to your self-worth, which is, is amazing. But in a certain way, when people look and pay more money for art, it's all very subjective and it, what's, it's what they feel out of it. And oftentimes if you're able to charge somebody more for a piece of art, they will value it more because there's something about a price tag that's like an emotional reaction to us. It's like, this is, you know, this is an Amy Gordon that I got at at this art gallery. And, you know, it's like a a showpiece where they tell their friends because they spent so much on it. That's how do you, so I guess that's less of a question, more of just a statement of like charge more for your art. (laughs) No, but I mean, you were saying what you were just saying, I wrote down like net worth versus like self-worth. And that's exactly what you just said. It's like, you know, my self-worth is evolving and increasing. Therefore, my net worth is. And I was having conversation, you know, I don't have advisors. You know, I I asked my friends like, Amy, and everyone says that to me, you need to charge more. You need to charge more. And I just didn't feel comfortable with it. Now, when I got, you know, when the gallery owner says, this is what it's worth, Amy, believe it. And then, or Mm -hmm. believe it. So what I also want to say about that is, you know, we do do that. I don't like that we do that, but it's somehow part of our wiring. But I will say what I have organically adopted about that is, is like branding. Like I, I'm, 
I began brand, okay, if, if you want to show off that um, Norman Rockwell, well, that's a Norman Rockwell, or that's, um, you know, so-and-so, I don't, I don't do name brands, so I can't really give you an example. Or, you know, you're wearing that Gucci belt because you want people to think or to know that you had enough money to pay $400 for that belt. Good. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. If that toots your horn, fine. But the thing, if you break it down, you're, it's about the brand, right? It's mm -hmm. the brand itself. So what I'm trying to do as Amy Gordon is create Amy Gordon. Like I'm a brand myself. Like you're not only buying my art, but you're buying like a piece of me. Mm -hmm. And I hope you like that. And I hope that brings you like some type, you value a piece of that. So I guess what I encourage like us to do as a community is, um, yeah, it is really still putting yourself out there, but it's kind of like, something that you can kind of niche. So like, you know what I did? This is what I did. Anybody that's looking and wants to follow up. So my, I'm Amy Gordon art, but what, this is what sparked it. Yuri mm -hmm. is my daughter, Carly wanted that Gucci belt. And I said, no way you're going to, you're going to wear your own belt. So I got my metal friend. We crafted the like the AG when we did her initials, hers or CF. Um, in the shape of the Gucci so that it looked like Gucci. It smelled like Gucci, but it wasn't GG. It was CF. And then mm -hmm. I did once that was AF. I haven't worn it yet because I don't really go anywhere. But that's my brand. And so I said, that's going to be my logo. So that just propelled me to say, okay, and you know what that is? That's Amy Gordon art, but you know what? It's also, it's all good. It's also about growth. It's also authentic, whatever, germination. You know, I'm just starting, like, just think like how you can use who you are and what you represent to be bigger than just the art. I guess that's, that's what I'm trying to do because I have a lot to say too. And I, I've been subliminally, I'll put like little words in there. And then on the back, I will write the name of the piece. Say the piece is called um, washing away. I'll put like my little prose, like whatever it says, like washing away today. It's all going to be okay to do it my way, whatever, you know, it's, it's what it means. And it's what, spoke the idea for the piece and then you've got something to hold on to and and they the customer has something to to say like every time I go by there I think of like let it go or drop it like it's hot because it's in the past you know <laughs> so something that you can do to to brand yourself I guess and to make mm -hmm. somebody want that you know, I'd rather have that you know something that meant something to me than something that was mass produced and and, you know, in China for like 7 million copies of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess that's just, um, that's a, a proponent for original art. Like you got something different and it's yours and it was made for you. So whatever we can do to just stand out and stand up for yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Even, even more reasons to charge more for your art. <laughs> yes exactly so amy with with everything that you have done and experienced in your career so far what would you say has been the best advice that you have ever received 
Oh gosh. Um, hmm. I think that I would say just don't give a shit. <laughs> just put yourself out there. It's like I told my daughter, like, she's like, well, I can't do that. I can't walk in there with my pajamas on or I'm like, they're not going to, nobody's, it's, we don't, we put too much pressure on ourselves, And I think that, um, no, and I think Yuri, the best advice is advice from me to me. And it's almost just things I say to myself, like just mm -hmm. my job is to reflect and project something better. Like say to yourself, like in my art, I do trust, make it or bust, you know, mm -hmm. death ain't for the faint, predictable. I ain't just throw yourself to chance because regret is like the worst thing you could that's gonna haunt you worse than than putting it out there and having somebody say you know what i, I can't really pay that much for that <laughs> <laughs> exactly. you know mm -hmm. yeah because there will be someone that will gravitate to it. It's almost like the field of dreams, right? Like the idea was like, if you build it, they will come. So mm -hmm. I'm not afraid that if I, if I paint what I want or that if I put it out there, someone will relate to it and, and just really believe that, that, that you have value in what your message is because we all have, we were, you're doing this career or this for a reason. Mm -hmm. it, it's not, it's not by chance. And I would say to take it to the limit, you know, just pull yourself through to the end. Keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, Amy, again, thank you so much for taking the time today to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. If the listeners would like to look at your art or follow you online, or maybe even buy some of your work, where is the best places they can go for all of this? Um, thank you. I think my Instagram account has most of my current work and just images, and that's at Amy Gordon Art. And then my website is Amy Gordon Art. Okay. Um, yes. And then right now, currently, I mean, you just call me directly and I'll shoot you images and anybody out there that really feels that they would like to talk to me personally and they are welcome to do that I it is art therapy <laughs> <laughs> wonderful wonderful so I will put links in the show notes so they can click right through but again Amy thank you so much this has been fun yeah thank you so much too thank you for listening to another episode of the advance your art podcast if you like this episode please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating and while you're there hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode directly to you without even thinking about it if you're interested in hearing older episodes please go to advanceyourart.com where you can find the catalog of everything i've done so far as well as contact information and projects i'm working on thank you again and have a great day <laughs>